My name is Belinda. It is lovely to have you all here tonight. I hope you're feeling very Christmassy. I feel a bit like Mariah in my mic, so I promise I won't break out into some whistle notes for you tonight. Um, before I start, I've got a, big, a bit of a confession to make. It's a bit controversial, but I feel I can't talk tonight without being honest with you. So about four and a half years ago, I had a really radical change in my life. I thought I knew what I wanted. I thought I knew what was right up until four and a half years ago. I even tried to convince all of my friends to change their way of thinking. And then I met my lovely husband, who you've seen playing the guitar tonight, and he completely opened my eyes to something new. And I've been forever changed since. So tonight I stand here, and I proudly and unashamedly say that I, Belinda, am an advocate for the real Christmas tree. Uh, forget your fake, forget your plastic, save the turtles, David Attenborough and all that, but just give me a nice Norman fir, a real one. And actually, getting a Christmas tree has become a big thing for my husband and I in our, in our marriage. We love getting a Christmas tree. It's one of our favorite days of the year. We sit down and we block out in our calendar that first weekend of December to go and get one. Although actually, this year we went in November, so please judge me as you will. I'm judging myself a little bit because of that. It was a bit too early. But we head down to the shops together to go and get this Christmas tree. And I'm fairly new still to the real Christmas tree sort of shopping experience. So my husband takes the lead, and boy, was that man born to get a Christmas tree. <laughs> He dons this thick pair of gloves, and he just dives in. He's sort of between trees, pushing them out of the way, getting them out, checking for gaps in their leaves and branches, looking for any weird curved ones. I just sort of stand back and watch him at work. Until recently, where I have developed my own technique. I call it the lurk. <laughs> you, know, you might have had this. You know when you see someone who's looking at a tree, and you just think, that's definitely the one I want and you watch them as they spin it round, and you hear them sort of say to each other, oh, maybe it's this one. And I just lurk around the side, I loiter, I peer through branches like, oh, are they gonna put it back? When they do, I pounce, and I mean, it's always rubbish, isn't it? They put it back for a reason. But one day, I'm certain I'll get a good one. But I leave it to this man over here, my husband, to find the tree. And normally, with no exaggeration, it takes an hour to an hour and a half, and he is, comparing two trees. We've managed to get it down to two. They are the first two that we looked at. I guarantee it. <laughs> Meanwhile, staff are coming up to me saying, like, would you like a drink? Would you like a seat? Do you want to just stay the night? <laughs> we pick it, finally. We head home. We crack out buble. Jobs are good. In. And this, for me, this day, really starts the Christmas season. It makes me so excited for December. And I start hoping that this will be the best Christmas yet. And I wonder... What is it that you're hoping for this Christmas? Maybe it's the perfect tree. Maybe it's that present you've subtly, or probably not so subtly, asked for, which I definitely have been doing, wink, wink. Or maybe it's that the kids will have a lie-in and they won't get up before 8 a.m. <laughs> a few parents like I wish. Maybe it's that actually Christmas will just fly past quite quickly this, for, this year for you. But we're all hoping for something at Christmas. Sweet Mary, Jesus' mother, probably was hoping for more than a manger to lay her baby in. In fact, she was probably hoping for more than frankincense and myrrh, nice-smelling things for her baby. My sister-in-law has just had a sweet little baby boy, 
And if I rocked up with some modern-day equivalent essential oils, like, here, have some peppermint, have some chamomile. I mean, that's not what a new mother wants at all, is it? Don't even start me on the sheep the shepherds probably bought. Mary would have been hoping for so much more. But actually, it's easy to make light of these kind of things. But if we're truly honest, aren't we all hoping for more, kind of living in this wishful place at best? Maybe it's you're just hoping your job goes well next year still. Your team gets a bit bigger. Maybe you get a bit of a promotion. At worst, maybe it's hoping that a season of loneliness or despair will just end really quickly. We all kind of hope that actually round the corner, things will be better. Surely they'll be different. But we find kind of much of the same. And as the months drift on, the days tick by, here comes good old December 31st. Nothing like that day makes you realize, oh, I've just not completed my goals for the year. <laughs> oh, I mean, I certainly haven't done, gone for runs three times a week. I was trying to count up. I reckon, I reckon I've done three for the year. It's fairly close. <laughs> but we suddenly start thinking, actually, what, what have I done this year? In fact, this year's a little bit worse because we're reaching the end of a decade. And you might have seen the internet blowing up with all these huge reflections on the last 10 years. People posting their 2010 versus 2019 photo to see how they've gracefully aged. Spotify letting you know your album of the year, your album of the decade, your songs of the decade. How many of you had quite embarrassing ones? I definitely did. Well, maybe it was 10 years ago you thought 2020 is when I'm going to have my stuff sorted. My life will be great. And now you're here, and it just doesn't feel like that. I'll let you into a bit of a secret. When I hit 25, I had a bit of a moment. I ignored the people telling me, you're halfway to 50. Never helpful in a birthday card, is it? <laughs> but I sat down, was watching some TV, and I just froze because I realized I would now be in the 25 and over category in X Factor. But nobody wants that category at all. You'd get Louis Walsh as a mentor. Like, I couldn't think of anything worse. And I had a moment where I just thought, oh, surely there's something more to come. Surely there'll be something more. We might be living with some blind faith for 2020. Probably most of us in the room are hoping for more for at least our country this year. A bit more certainty, a bit more clarity, a bit more something at least. When we pause just for a moment and consider life, it seems like all of us just want something we can be sure of. And even if we think of our Christmas story all those years ago, it would have been much the same then. Kings and rulers changing, religions, people promising so, so much, but not delivering it. The world was longing for someone to come and change it all. And there, on the edge of Bethlehem, a baby was born. Jesus. A real baby. Kind of squishy and tiny, probably with those cute little thigh rolls that babies get and chubby wrists. A real, real baby. Not like the Cabbage Patch doll that's silent in a nativity and doesn't cry. Not like the uh, song we sing away in the manger, sweet little baby Jesus, no crying he makes. I guarantee you that Jesus bawled his eyes out when he was first born. There's probably all those sheep someone bought with them that drowned him out. But Jesus was a real baby. A real, real baby. But the mystery 
And the wonder of Christmas is that he was also God. We just sang in that uh, carol once more, David's city. He came down to earth from heaven, who is God and Lord of all. We heard Claudia on the video say, Emmanuel, God with us. This tiny baby was fully human, fully man, yet also fully God. The eternal God came down and made himself mortal on earth and laid in a manger. Most wouldn't realize it at the time, but this was the most significant moment in all history. Jesus' birth was like a light piercing the darkness, that first glimpse of dawn after the night. Hope born. This new baby meant that people could shift from blind faith to certain hope, go from kind of fingers-crossed optimism to no hope as a person who really lived and who promised so, so much. But people let us down. You could probably think of someone that has let you down, even this week. I had a big one. I was at work, and I went to find one of my colleagues, and I just said, listen, please, please, can you just save me a slice of cake in the staff room? Like, please. Which is a big deal at school. It goes fairly quickly. And so I headed down at lunchtime, desperate for my slice of chocolate cake, only to find she'd forgotten, it was gone, nothing left for me. Yeah, thank you. It was crushing. It really was. A big damn, clearly not over it. But people let us down. And if you know the story of Jesus, well, you know where it's going. Because Jesus, when he was only a few years older than me, died on a cross. He was buried. People have put all their hope and confidence in him. And suddenly he's buried in a tomb. All hope lost. But this time it's different because Jesus was raised from the dead. When all hope seemed lost, there was the resurrection. Because now Jesus can never die again, ever. Which means he can never let us down. The once mortal man God, now forever immortal, he can never ever let us down. So we can be certain in him, his promises, who he says he is. We can have hope of the things to come. Because we get to be with him now, but we get to be with him when we die in heaven forever. That's his promise to us. That's the hope that we can have. When we put our faith in Jesus, we become part of this eternal family. When we have faith in Jesus, then we know that we will meet him again in heaven, where God will dwell with man once more. There'll be no more sickness or pain or worry or injury or politics. We can just be in heaven with plenty and plenty of joy. So we can have a sure and certain hope that these things are going to happen. Not kind of a, oh, I really hope there's no traffic on Christmas Eve, or for me, I really hope my cat right now isn't climbing up my Christmas tree and destroying it as I speak to you. But we can have an eager and confident expectation that the best is yet to come, that it's coming. And in fact, there's a little bit here already. Because when we know Jesus, we get a taste of heaven now, of his love for us, of his joy, of his peace. We get to taste a bit now. Because we can have a hope and certainty for our future right now in our present, all because it is anchored in what Jesus did for us in the past. 
In fact, the Bible uses that word anchored to describe hope. It says hope is an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It's unmoving. It's certain. It's sure. So even if we face uncertainty, like a general election in a few days, well, we can know the certainty of Jesus. We can remember what was, we heard on um, that video we saw a moment ago, where it said, the government is on his shoulders, and the increase of his government and peace will know no end. What a promise that we can have hope in. And when we know Jesus, we can have full, full confidence that the best is yet to come. It really, really is. There's no need for, like, fingers crossed anymore. We can have hope, certain hope. Hope. 